you're listening to the Whitewater Podcast. First off, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Whitewater is doing, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. I wanted to thank my friend Reese Skye for speaking to us today. Reese pastors and leads a church in Fresno called On Ramps um, with her husband Phil, and they're doing incredible work in the Fresno area. And uh, I just have learned so much from her and her ministry. I'm so grateful to have her voice speaking into our church. You guys are in for a major treat. Without further ado, here's my friend. From my time in ministry, I've learned many things. And one of the things that I've learned is that many people love God the Father. And some are okay with God the Son, Jesus. But others don't quite know what to think or what to do when it comes to God the Spirit or the Holy Spirit. Well, we're told in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17, and then verses 25 and 26. If you love me, Jesus says, Keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So here we see the role of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers. John Winrich, the outgoing president of the Evangelical Covenant Church, he says this. He says, ministry will bear fruit only through the power of the Holy Spirit which he called the blazing center. He says the Holy Spirit is the blazing center of our mission because the Holy Spirit brings the fire and passion to know God and to make him known. Said plainly, the Holy Spirit empowers us. And so I have two overarching questions for our time today. And the first question is, what does empowerment look like? The second question is, who is this empowerment for? What does empowerment look like and who is this empowerment for? Empowerment looks like three things I want to suggest to you today. Number one, we have authority from the Holy Spirit. Authority, not just the ability or power to do, but the right to do what God has given us agency to do. This authority comes from the fact that we don't just know about him, but we know him. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We are aware of his indwelling presence. We are sensitive to his promptings, and we have the authority as his ambassadors and agents, as those who have been affirmed by him and endorsed by him. We have authority to say what he tells us to say to do what he tells us to do, and to go where he tells us to go. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus says that we've been given authority. 
He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. We have authority from the Spirit. What does empowerment look like? It looks like authority from the Spirit, but it also looks like the fact that we have freedom in the Holy Spirit. Freedom. It's the lack of restraint or hindrance. It's the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. You see, in the Spirit, we have freedom from the shackles of sin and bigotry and racism and sexism and bitterness and indifference and hypocrisy. And in the spirit, we have freedom to love and to forgive and to serve and to consider others above ourselves and to honor the image of God in each other. So yes, we have freedom in the spirit, freedom from some things and freedom to do some things, right? With this freedom in the Holy Spirit, we have been unleashed to live into our full identity in Christ and to fully operate in the gifts he has graciously given us. We, my brothers and sisters, have freedom in the Holy Spirit. When we talk about what empowerment looks like, yes, we have authority from the Holy Spirit. Yes, we have freedom in the Holy Spirit, but we've also been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowerment. It's the power given to someone to do something. Again, it's the power given to someone to do something. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. The power is at work within us. Us means all of us who are in Christ. No one is left out. Yes, those who don't think like you and those who don't vote like you and those who have a different vaccination status than you and those who are born in a different country than you and those with more tattoos than you and those with different educational background than you. His power is at work within All of us. No one is left out. The late theologian Donald Frisk, he said that that there there can be no communion with God apart from the enabling power of the Spirit. Again, there can be no communion with God apart from the enabling power of the Spirit. And when I think of communion with God and what the enabling power of the Spirit looks like practically, my mind automatically goes to Paul and Silas in prison. In Acts chapter 16, we read about them getting into some good trouble. And and at about midnight, they are in prison. About midnight, they began praying and singing hymns. They were communing with God. And the praise erupted so strongly that the prison doors flew open and all the prisoners were set free and the jailer surrendered his life to the Lord. Whose chains are falling off because of your communion with God and because you have been empowered by the Spirit. When we talk about what empowerment looks like, we are talking about having having authority from the Holy Spirit and having freedom in the Holy Spirit and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
But now the question is, who is this empowerment for? Who is this empowerment for? In Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 17 and ending in 18, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. The truth is we categorize and we marginalize others and we translate all people to some people. I think about my particular call to the preaching and pastoral ministry, and, and I think about just the idea that I grew up with this false notion that God could only use certain people, and that I didn't fit in that plan because of my gender. And so when I received my call to the preaching and pastoral ministry, I immediately thought, ooh, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble because there were so many men in my life saying what I could and could not do as a woman. And here God blows that up and says, no, 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 I'm actually calling you, daughter. I'm calling you to be used for my glory and for my kingdom. Theologian and professor at Duke Divinity School, William Willimon contends, the resistance and outright rejection that many women pastors suffer are evidence that the church has not yet fully appreciated the eschatological end of the age transformed social arrangements that ought to characterize the church. We are actually okay with the way that things are. We are okay with people feeling uh, overlooked and, and, and invisible and like they don't have a place in the kingdom. We're okay with that. And many of us are missing out on the gifts of others in the body of Christ simply because of who the messenger is in most cases. There are those who are in and there are those who are out. There are those who are welcomed and there are those who are told there is no room in the inn. There are those who have a seat at the table and then there are those who, who have the chair pulled out from under them. But again, who is this empowerment for? When we read Acts chapter 1 verse 8, where we are told, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. If we're honest with that verse, some of us are excited about being empowered by the Holy Spirit, but we would rather avoid being his witnesses to the ends of the earth. We have our favorites. We have our preferences. We have our biases. The problem is that there is a gaping hole in our gospel, John Perkins says in his book, One Blood. He says, we have preached a gospel that leaves us believing that we can be reconciled to God, but not reconciled to our Christian brothers and sisters who don't look like us. But here's the thing. When we read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, and this is good news for some of us, this is good news Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. 
The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians that in this new humanity, the Spirit gives everyone access to God and empowers everyone to receive his promises. Because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, no longer is there hostility among us due to our differences. And and here's the point. Ultimate empowerment by the Spirit looks like the church. That's you and I. Looks like the church being able to do what no other organism, no other organization on earth is able to do as his kingdom representatives which is to fully lean into and embrace the beautiful mosaic of all people and ensure that shalom is realized among us. That's what ultimate empowerment by the Spirit looks like. Jack Levinson, a professor of Old Testament interpretation and biblical Hebrew, he specializes in pneumatology or the study of the Holy Spirit. He says that life in the Spirit is not just a moment's pleasure a miracle here or there, but a habit, a habit. And so the challenge for us today, and I'll leave you with this, the challenge is for us to ask and really evaluate what's at stake if we don't make life in the Spirit a habit. What's at stake if we don't join the Spirit in empowering others? Well, I'll tell you what's what's at stake, and I'll tell you what can happen, in my opinion, is that people and places will continue to be overlooked. Our witness as carriers of the good news will be weakened. We as the church will only be known by what we are against and not what we are for. And ultimately, ultimately, brothers and sisters, ultimately we will forfeit the abundant blessings God has for us as we are empowered by the Spirit. So, may the Advocate help us and be with us forever, the Spirit of truth. May the Spirit live with us and be in us. May the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father has sent, teach us all things and remind us everything Jesus has said to us. May we, brothers and sisters, be empowered by the Holy Spirit, the blazing center who makes all things possible. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us this week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or are interested in joining a home church, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.